We would love to hear from you, our fab listeners, about what's working on the podcast. What do you want more of and are you inspired? Please go to astoryinside.com backslash survey and help a girl out. Let us know. Welcome to You Should Write a Book About That. I'm your host, Kim O'Hara, a book coach with a story inside, and I am interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life with a story to tell. Do these folks have a best-selling book in them? Stick around and find out. Hey, everybody. It's Kim O'Hara, and I am doing another standalone podcast because my last podcast in December, The Bigger Message in the Book, was one of my highest rated podcasts. So that makes it very clear to me that everybody really wants to hear more about writing, creativity, books. And I've got a heck of a lot to say in this area. So today I want to focus on three let's call them conditions that prevent people from writing books, prevent people from writing, prevent people from being creative, and their rejection, distraction, and justification. I've been doing this for a really, really long time. Not specifically podcasting and book coaching, but I've been writing for a very, very long time. When I was in the movie business, I wrote almost every day or I was creative every day for 20 years. I've seen a lot of uh, variations of rejection, distraction, and justification, but I did not see it as fully, clearly, and cleanly as I did when I became a book coach. And I was able to really laser in on people that communicated with me talk to me about their struggles with becoming an author, being bold with their voice, going out in the world with their voice and telling their stories. And so I started doing this 30-day Facebook Live, which was really brutal. I mean, by day six, I could totally, like I was given a taste of my own medicine of what I the accountability I put on my clients writing books. You know, by day six, I was like, it's Sunday. I do not want to do a Facebook Live. But I'm going to get into that with justification in a little bit. But first, what I wanted to talk about is rejection because it's so potent. I mean, it's really omnipotent in so much of our lives, but especially in writing and putting ourselves out in the world. So I call this owning your authorship, but I do believe that this can be applied to any creative endeavor, whether it's songwriting or painting or creating a line of clothing. You have to look at how you feel when you're rejected. Go back into all the areas of your life and look at how you've behaved. What is your relationship with rejection? Because Awareness is really the key in how you deal with rejection. Make a list of all the times that you've been rejected and what your fears are in relation to that rejection. You know, have you retaliated? 
Have you stopped creating? Have you retreated? Have you gotten angry? Have you acted out? Have you developed a resentment? You know, people are going to have opinions of us when we put ourselves out in the public space. I mean, I, I sort of feel like if you're getting bad reviews to some degree, then that means that that many people are either reading your book, you know, going to your restaurant, you know, using your products. If you start to get bad reviews, that means that like the amount of volume has actually reached a point where there's enough people that are going to be like disgruntled, right? Or disagree or not agree or have another opinion. And that means you've, you've proliferated a bigger volume of the public. It's going to always be really scary when you create anything, rejection. And something that I found is that people that have not written the book have different fears of, they sort of reject themselves, right? So let me explain what that means. They will reject the idea that they can cope with being successful they already decide that they don't have the bandwidth or time or support system to be successful with their books. So they already reject the dream and the possibility of being successful so that they can then justify, which we're going to talk about later, not actually writing the book. So they're fearful of the overload of responsibility of success before they even ventured to write the book and had any kind of success. Like it's better to be rejected before I even write the book because then it'll be safer. I mean, who doesn't want to feel safe, right? We walk around in the world and, you know, we want to feel safe. Uh, people fear that they're going to be called liars, that their authority or their expertise is a sham, that what they've come up with or, you know, philosophies or systems or even their personal stories, it's lies. Nobody's going to believe it. It's too fantastical. It's too traumatic. It's too emotional. I'm too much, you know. Sometimes I feel that way if I get really upset about something and I, I just want to cry and cry. You know, I have people that I call and I say to them, I just need to feel with you right now on the phone. I don't need to understand it. It's so big. Because growing up, I was told that my feelings were too big. I, I, everything was too big, right? Creative people, we're, we're just big people. Especially, I'm a, I'm a Sagittarius on top of it. So there you go. So then people that are writing the book, that are in the process, have different fears. Their fears of rejection are higher level and 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 the reason why is cuz they're they're their ass is on the fire now. I mean, they're in, they've hired me, they've got skin in the game. They've got accountability, so they know that I'm going to make sure that they don't reject themselves, but there is a different fear of, you know, is that chapter good or is anybody going to like this book when it's done? But usually because they're so in such a such a place of rigor and creation, <laughs> There isn't a lot of time to stop and ponder, you know, the inevitable destitution of their, of their self because they are just in it. They're just in it. So the second thing is distraction and distraction is huge when it comes to owning your creativity as an author or with any other creative endeavor. And what I ask people to do is what power and stories are you giving to your distraction? 
How deep are the roots of that story? If you think that like checking your email a lot is valid because you need to run a business and make money, but you know if you didn't check your email so much, you'd have time to write, which story wins out? And what are the reasonings behind that story? You know, and also, when did it become so black and white? Like, why can't we do a little work on our email and then a little work on writing? Why is it like, I'm either a writer or I'm not a writer or everything's taken over time or it's not taken over time. And there's this pull constantly and even a little addictively, I think now that we're dealing with in modern day to be on technology and that's allowing the distraction to win. And with writing, you really have to go old school. Like you really have to turn your phone off. You really have to shut all your, you know, browser windows down you know, you have to fight the pull to be distracted for that period of time that you've allocated yourself because the distractions will come in and they'll come in in lots of voices in your heads. You should be doing this. You should have done this list. You should have picked this thing up at the store. Did you text your daughter's teacher? Uh, did you pick up cat food? I mean, it's endless. Um, and then it leads to, well, why am I writing anyway? Because everything I'm writing sucks and it doesn't really matter. And we go back to rejection. We're always going back to rejection. But here's the thing. If you're meant to write this book, if you're meant to create something, your creative muse will find ways that force you into the creative pool where you have to literally be blind to not see the point. That your efforts to distract yourself and dodge the creativity are futile. Who doesn't want to live a pain-free life? Asutra's magnesium products are the go-to for part owner and tennis great Venus Williams. Plus, they have a fantastic yoga mat spray. Go to asutra.com, that's A-S-U-T-R-A.com, and enter books at checkout before March 2nd for 15% off your first order. You know, I made a pact to not check my email as much in the beginning of the year and leave more time open, not even just for writing, for just being intuitively connected to my inner voice. Because from there springs a lot of great ideas. You know, having a podcast, deciding I want to have a talk show, uh, ideas for books, just, just creativity, thought ideas for my clients and directions they can go with their book. It comes a lot from within. But I get sucked into the email because I believe the email is going to save me. Well, what happens is, I mean, save me is dramatic, but I mean, keep me in order, keep me in control, keep everything aligned, keep everything safe, back to safe. So what happened is the creative muse is like, she made a pretty strong pact with herself in the beginning of January to open up more creative space for vision. And she's not doing it. She's totally sliding and she doesn't have anyone to be accountable to. So we're going to bring in the, cre the creative muses. Like we're going to basically take her email away. And that's what happened a couple of days ago. My email app stopped bouncing. You know how the Mac mail, it'll bounce. It's so exciting. It's like, oh my God, you're opening your email. This just stopped. And the universe is basically saying, redirect, slow down go within, check the, the vibrations and cues that are around you and stop spending all that time on email. And the irony is I spent six hours on the phone with Apple trying to get that email back 
and it's still not back. And you know what? I'm fine. And here I am actually creating a podcast episode that I had no intention to create because I've gotten away from the distraction of the minutia and dove into the fertileness of the creation. So romanticizing writing is just something I sort of want to slide in here. I want to just sort of slide it in because it's not one of the three rejection, distraction, and justification, but it's got potency. And what I mean is like, there's this belief that everybody that's a writer loves to write. And, you know, a lot of people don't write because they think they have to be in this perfect headspace to have the perfect setting and the perfect pen and their hair looks great that day. And they've got a matcha latte and their weight is good and their butt doesn't feel big in the chair and they're not hung over and everything's going to be prolific and amazing. And the truth is you got to get through a lot of garbage to sit down and write a lot of head garbage, a lot of societal garbage. And so it seems so hard that by the time you get there, you feel like there should be like a glowing orb of light kind of singing above you saying, she's writing. But, you know, really it's like another task in the beginning. It's another task like raking leaves or emptying the dishwasher. You start doing it. You don't want to do it. You start doing it. And then after you're like, oh, I'm really glad I have an empty dishwasher. You really don't want to rake the leaves. But then when you get outside, you're like, oh, my grass looks so nice without the leaves. And God, I just got a really nice workout. And I really commiserated with nature. And I heard the birds singing. And I got away from my email. So when you sit down to write, at first you might be like, oh, this is really hard. But then all of a sudden you discover you don't mind writing. And it doesn't really matter if you're not great or not. And then you get protective of it and you go through all this baloney to write and then you get belligerent when anyone stops you from writing. Now you're protective of your time because you've seen the power and joy of writing. And so there's so many of these obstacles and nuances and beliefs that stand in the way of writing. And I see romanticizing writing is a really big one. People are like, I really should love to write, but I don't. Or I really don't want to sit down at the computer and write. Can I just do it into a phone? Sure, whatever. Whatever makes you happy. Just write the book. Just create the song. Just make the clothing line. You don't have to necessarily be in love with it the minute you sit down to write to start and finish a book. But once you sit down, you can actually fall in love with writing or any creative endeavor that you want to do. So the last area I want to talk about is justification. I don't have to write today. It's Sunday. It's a beach day. I work really hard all week. I deserve a day off. Yet, again, you're the one who said at the start of 2021, this is the year I really need to write the book. And so then justification comes in and distraction. And next thing you know, you don't have a book. So it's it's important with justification to have that accountability piece. Because if you're not accountable to anyone, not a friend or a writing friend, or in the best scenario, you have a book coach like myself who could make sure that none of these slippery mindsets come in, you will slide. And I am telling you that as a coach, I have to be very fierce with all the mind games that people bump up against. And usually after a month, you know, of writing a book, you can kind of see your version of 
rejection, distraction, justification. And it, and it doesn't work. It's not as tenable as it was before. It's not as powerful because you're, you're tangibly writing the book. So you're, you sort of are winning at that point. But it's really important to understand that justification can come in. And if you don't have the foundation set up, it can really thwart what you're looking to do. I did a 30-day challenge to go live on Facebook and talk about writing every day. And on day six, I wasn't interested in it at all. Justification, blah, blah, blah. But I made a pledge that I would go on Facebook Live for 30 days and talk about writing. And it didn't matter if not a single person ever watched the Facebook Live. It mattered that I made the pledge to myself that I was going to do it. So that doesn't mean that I do a Facebook Live for 27.5 days and then say, screw it the rest of the time. No, we're talking finish line. And that is exactly, my friends, how you get books done. So my leave out suggestions for you are take a long look at how you view rejection in your life and what your relationship is with rejection and just start to get to know it a little bit and start to own it. Take a good hard look at distraction in your life. Are you a very distracted person? And then look at where you're justifying the distractions as real. And is it all keeping you from writing the book? Because at the end of the day, that's ultimately what you want to get done. I have so enjoyed sharing all this information with you and I hope that you get something out of it. And, um, just keep writing. You've been listening to You Should Write a Book About That. If you enjoyed our episode, tell a friend to listen, subscribe or review on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify, and Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.